McCain. I am glad to be with you here as I'm broadcasting today. It is a beautiful uh, but a little chilly Sunday in Indianapolis. I haven't been on Blog Talk Radio here for a while, so thought I would join you today and pass along the great story of Taxi Terry. I have a brand new book that is going to be coming out soon. It's already been released in Asia. has done extraordinarily well there. The uh, book in Asia is called The Ultimate Customer Experience. It's going to be released soon here in the United States, but we will... Uh, be keeping you posted on that. But I wanted to play you the introduction from the audiobook, and we're going to have the audiobook available for uh, for our friends as well. The audiobook will be coming soon as well as the book. But I wanted you to hear the story of Taxi Terry in case you haven't heard it on YouTube or in one of my speaking presentations. Also uh, wanted to get you excited about the book and tell you more about it. But let's take a listen here for the next few minutes to the story of the introduction of the ultimate customer experience and the story of Taxi Terry. The ultimate customer experience. Five steps to excite your customers, expand your profits, engage your colleagues, and enjoy your work by Scott McCain, read by the author. Introduction, traveling to Jacksonville. Middle seat, middle of the night. On one side of me is a guy I'm guessing is the latest parolee from my home state's reformatory. Squeezed into the aisle seat in my row must be a sumo wrestling champion. Sandwiched between these two strangers... I'm doing my best at faking sleep, reading for a bit, sipping a Diet Coke, and fighting claustrophobia. My fellow passengers seem tired and cranky, and so do the flight attendants. Even when the crew can summon the energy to muster a small semblance of a smile, their eyes are simultaneously sending subversive signals. Shark eyes, man. Shark eyes. The guy on the window says to me. What? Sorry? I reply, thinking I've missed something. What did you say? Look at her, he orders. She's cold, man. She has shark eyes. Don't want to cross her. She'd probably throw you off this thing. In midair, Mr. Sumo inserts into the conversation, then laughs heartily at his own attempt at humor. She wouldn't give you a drink or a parachute on the way out, either. He guffaws again at his own jokes. How much longer is it to my destination? I'm occupying space between these two because I'm heading to the northern Florida city of Jacksonville to make a presentation to a group of Merrill Lynch executives. However, at this moment, I'm certainly not on the receiving end of the type of experience I'm strongly recommending every organization deliver to its clients. And while it would not be polite of me to reveal the name of the airline upon which I'm traveling at this point, they are known for delays every landing through Atlanta. On more than one occasion, they've also stood for don't expect luggage to arrive. And how about didn't even leave the airport? However, as I am a diamond medallion flyer with them, I won't complain too excessively. We're a couple of hours late, meaning I won't arrive in Jacksonville until a few minutes after midnight. And I booked for an early morning breakfast prior to my speech the following day. I'm already counting the few hours I will be able to sleep, knowing I have to be at my very best tomorrow for the audience. It's easy to tell. This is just another segment on a long day of flights for the crew. Get the cattle, the passengers on the plane, shovel a drink and peanuts their way, hope they keep their mouth shut until landing, and get them off the plane 
and then repeat the process. However, as we are undoubtedly riding upon their last flight of the day, as soon as they get rid of us, their work is done. It seems from their demeanor it cannot happen a moment too soon. Mr. Sumo evidently swallows a peanut incorrectly and starts to cough. Between hacks, he smiles at the pro Lee and me and says, I'm okay, just a little too much salt. Thankfully, I would not have to attempt to perform the Heimlich maneuver on this man mountain. I watched as he pressed the flight attendant call button. Slowly approaching the passenger, she stared at him coldly as he asked for a cup of water to relieve his coughing. Acting like a small child, she rolled her eyes to the ceiling, exhaled loudly, and said with a tone of disgust, Certainly, sir, just a moment. About five minutes later, she approached with a cup of water, pushed it in Mr. Sumo's direction, and was gone before he could say, Thank you. After what seemed to be an eternity, the captain announced we were beginning our initial descent into Jacksonville. I've always wondered about the terms initial descent and final approach. So how many chances does this pilot really need to get the plane on the ground anyway? Since I'd been pinned into this middle seat for over an hour, I was hoping my legs would have the blood flow necessary to stand up when we reached our final destination. The flight finally made the runway. The aircraft taxied to the assigned gate, and it was time for me to grab my beat-up carry-on, gather up my old tired body, and head for the terminal. Exiting the building, I realized passengers have formed a line for taxis, meaning after my long flight, I am now going to have a substantial wait to get a ride to the hotel. This is not a pleasant development. I take my place at the end of the queue. Finally, after watching those in front of me get into other taxis, whisking them to their various destinations, I have arrived at the front of the line. The next cab is mine. Standing there exhausted and half asleep, I noticed out of the corner of my eye that my cab is approaching. But the driver halts his vehicle in front of me and then, much to my surprise, jumps out of his cab, points his index finger in my direction, and practically shouts at me, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? Sheepishly, I look over each of my shoulders to see if he's speaking to someone else. When I realize the comment was directed at me, I shrug and say, uh, Well, yeah, I guess so. Well, then hop on in! Simultaneously, he jogs over to me, grabs my suitcase, and pops open the trunk of his cab as I climb into the back seat. He closes the trunk lid, jumps into the driver's seat, spins around toward me in the back, thrusts out his hand, and inquires, Mr. McCain? Stunned, I respond, yes, but how did you know my name? Again, he smiles, saw that the name tag on your suitcase, thought I might as well use it. Wiggling his hand a little bit to reinforce he's waiting on a handshake, he states, I'm Taxi Terry. In my fatigue, all I can think of is, great, I'm stuck with the motivational cab driver. Where are we heading tonight, Mr. McCain, he asks. The Marriott downtown, I reply. Great, he exclaims. Let's check out the weather. Weather? It hasn't even crossed my mind at about midnight about what the weather the new day will bring. When Taxi Terry touches the dashboard of his cab and it seems to light up. Embedded in the dash is a very elaborate bracket. And in that bracket is a PDA, a pocket PC with a magnifying glass over the screen. Meaning I can clearly read it from the back seat. He has it directed to weather.com for Jacksonville. And I can clearly see the seconds ticking off. Meaning... I now have the up-to-the-minute weather forecast for my visit. I hope you play golf, Mr. McCain, he says, because you are going to have a beautiful...
beautiful stay in Jacksonville. Tell me, sir, he continues, if you don't mind my asking, why are you here? Um, I'm in town to give a speech at the hotel to a group of professionals about customer service, I respond. Customer service, he exclaims. I am so into that. I think, no kidding, it shows. Then he confounds my expectations once again. He asks, would you mind if I record our conversation? He starts reaching up toward his sun visor. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, who is this guy? I have to ask a question. Wait a second, I say. Why are you so equipped to record the conversations that take place in your cab? Well, you see, Mr. McCain, he responds slowly. Let's say Dr. Smith, he's a local customer, gets into my cab for a ride to the airport. And during our conversation, he mentions that his daughter, Jill, has just enrolled at Vanderbilt University. As soon as he exits the cab, I hit the button and I record that information. Taxi Terry isn't done yet, however. Every night when I return home, I take the information from these recordings I've made and I enter it into my database. I'm thinking, a cab driver with a database? By this point, I knew I was with someone really special. Then, Terry continued, the next time that Dr. Smith makes a reservation, this information pops up on my computer. So the doctor gets into the cab, and I ask him, by the way, sir, how's Jill doing at Vanderbilt? He smiles and says, after that, do you think he will ever ride with anyone else? In the darkened back seat of a cab in Jacksonville, Florida, I shake my head and think to myself, nope, <laughs> that doctor will never call anyone else for a trip to the airport. During our ride, Taxi Terry educates me on some of his other approaches to the customer experience. But he still has another surprise for me. In just about every normal cab ride I've experienced on a business trip, upon arrival at the destination, the driver presents the passenger with two forms. Now, sometimes they're printed on opposite sides of the same card and occasionally on separate papers, but one is a receipt, so the rider can file for expense reimbursement or a tax deduction. And the second is a business card in hopes the passenger will request the same driver for a return trip once your meeting is near its conclusion. On this extraordinary trip, however, Taxi Terry pulled in front of the hotel, ran to the trunk of the car, removed my bag, and held it as if it were a family member. He gently handed the bag to a waiting bellman and said he was presenting Mr. McCain. I thought that was very cool. I had never been presented before. Then he turns to me without a card or paper or form in his hand and says, Mr. McCain, I realize you're going to need a receipt to document the trip for your business purposes. And someone brought you here, so someone's going to have to take you back to the airport. And I hope that's me. He continued, you can print your receipt and schedule your return trip on my website. At which point I think, a cab driver with his own website? At, he continued, TaxiTerry.com. However, he still was not finished. One more thing, Mr. McCain, he requested. You mentioned you fly a great deal. That probably means you're riding in a lot of cabs. Well, he continued, I'm franchising these ideas. So now, if you ever run into a cab driver who could use some help with customer service, and I'm thinking, that would probably be all of them. 
Then he says, you just tell him about Taxi Terry. I wanted to give him a standing ovation right there on the spot. It was a perfect example of the ultimate customer experience. We will continue to refer to Taxi Terry's excellence throughout this audio program. However, start now to consider this question. What steps did Taxi Terry take that the flight attendants on my trip did not? The ultimate customer experience. Stop and consider for a moment a time when you were a customer and treated in a manner that you would emphatically declare to be an ultimate experience. Write down what it was, specifically, regarding the way you interacted with a customer representative, clerk, salesperson, or member of a support team that made this particular situation stand out as being an ultimate experience. Maybe it was a terrific product that made your heart sing, service that made you feel as though you were a highly valued client, a specific compliment from a sales associate, perhaps a movie that made you laugh or cry, or all. What was the last time when you were a customer and you felt you received an ultimate customer experience? Seriously, stop right now and write it down. We will refer again to this experience you have noted. However, here are two important points to get us started. Number one, the experience was obviously powerful. I bet you've been a customer in literally thousands of situations at a wide variety of businesses. From the store where you buy groceries to the shop where you get your car serviced. From the hotel where you stayed on vacation to the restaurant where you had dinner last weekend. Your experience as a customer is both deep, going repeatedly to the same places, and wide doing business at a large number of establishments. In other words, when it comes to being a customer, you are an expert. Notice as well, from the literally thousands of experiences you've had as a customer, the ones that first came to mind, and especially the single one you selected to write for this exercise, were obviously more powerful and compelling than the rest. It's why you considered them as the answer to the question. Therefore, it is logical to assume you are not only an expert, you also can determine what is an ultimate customer experience to you. Doesn't it make sense that if you can determine what creates a UCE, ultimate customer experience for you, those same aspects will assist you in creating an ultimate customer experience for others. The ride with Taxi Terry was obviously an incredibly powerful experience for me. It's why not only I remember it, it's why I'm telling you here about it. It's why a video of me telling the story has been posted on YouTube and viewed, at least at the time I'm recording this, almost 40,000 times by people all over the world. Ultimate customer experiences create a powerful impact upon the recipients and more. We will leverage the experience you have as a customer to assist you in creating the ultimate customer experience for the people and organizations doing business with you. Question 2. Why would any customer choose to receive less than you did in the instance you've just recalled? Wouldn't you like to be treated all of the time in the superior manner you've just recalled? If you entered a cab for a ride, wouldn't you desire a driver like Taxi Terry? Of course, we all would. So, if you would like to experience a UCE when you do business, why wouldn't you want to create the very same amazing connection with your customers? Here's part of what I've learned from over two decades of studying the importance of the customer experience. 
we fail to create the very experiences we desire to receive because when we go to work, we think like an employee, a manager, an entrepreneur, an executive, a worker, but not like a customer. Consider this point. We don't have help conferences. Few organizations have experience conventions. Instead, we have sales conferences. We seldom assemble our team and focus upon how we can be of greater assistance to our customers. Yet we constantly have meetings on how we can sell more of our products and services to customers and prospects. Few organizations seek outside expertise to assist them in connecting more emotionally with their clients. Yet many will hire efficiency experts to assist them in doing their jobs and producing their products faster and cheaper. Then we wonder why customers aren't loyal and more engaged with us. Both my research and my professional experience have taught me that both individuals and organizations willing to focus upon creating ultimate customer experiences will discover they sell more of their products and services to existing clients. And because UCEs generate from customers the type of advocacy I've already displayed towards Taxi Terry, for example, the people already doing business with you will help you attract new customers, expanding your sales even more. The purpose of this program and your choice to listen to it. The reason for existence of this short audio book is to illuminate for you five fundamental aspects toward creating ultimate customer experiences for the clients and prospects you deal with every single day. If your company gave you this book, it says some very positive points about them. First, it means they are committed to improving the experiences you create for customers. No organization or individual would invest in an activity in which they had little interest. You wouldn't buy season tickets to the games of a sports team you didn't care about. You'd never watch every episode of a television show you didn't enjoy. And your company would not have given you this audiobook if they weren't focused on your important role in enhancing the customer experience. It also says they are interested in you. Remember, you don't invest in something you aren't interested in. Your company recognizes you are their most important asset, in part because you have contact with probably the only aspect of the enterprise generating revenue for your organization, customers. What if you purchase this book for yourself? Well, it obviously means you have taken initiative in the most important step any of us can take, personal growth. You don't purchase and listen to an audio book if all you want to do is tread water and remain the same. You made this effort because you have made a decision to improve yourself personally and professionally. But what if your organization doesn't have the same dedication to customers as you? Well, honestly, that's a tough one. It's so much easier to create ultimate customer experiences when the commitment runs throughout the organization. However, and this is a very important point, you have to take personal responsibility for how you engage the customers with whom you have contact. Think about it. I've received great service from companies I know couldn't give a darn about my business. You have too, I'll wager. How did that happen? There's only one possible answer. An individual cared more about you than the obvious deficiencies in their company's approach to customers. There will be times that you may question whether or not it's really worth it to go the extra mile to serve customers when you aren't receiving the support you deserve from the home office or executive suite. This can create enormous difficulties for customers. Too many people, as my friend blogger Seth Simon states, 
seem to be behaving in a manner to suggest if the confirmation of their personal importance fails to come from above in the organization, they will then extract it from below. A slang term used in the United States is mall cop syndrome. It's meant to criticize those who use the authority of their position to hide behind company policy or corporate procedures to make things tougher on the very people they should be serving, customers. In some cases, for some people, the top level doesn't make us feel important, so we take it out on our customers and show them that we're the gatekeepers, totally in charge of their customer experience. You are better than that. That's why you're listening to this book, why you're making the commitment to create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. Let me let you in on a little secret. There's nothing you're going to hear here that's new or exclusively original to me. No groundbreaking, earth-shattering, or revolutionary approaches. No business school theories or high-level management concepts for you to consider. Although I do believe the term ultimate customer experience to be one I helped originate. I started talking about it in speeches and seminars I conducted as far back as 1982. I remember after one program at Topeka, Kansas in 1984, a cardiologist asked if he was supposed to tap dance his way into my bypass because he didn't see the value of creating experiences for his patients, his customers. Times have certainly changed. My company, McCain Performance Group Incorporated, holds the United States government's certified service mark for exclusive rights to the term ultimate customer experience for use in any training, educational, or public program. However, it's also important to note the insight author Tom Russell wrote, quote, If we remember to apply what we already know, cheerful new wisdom follows, unquote. This is an audiobook intended for all of us, from the management team to frontline employees, from executives to executive assistants, to remind all of us some basic steps we already know but often fail to consistently execute, steps that enable us to connect with the very people who determine our success and our future, customers. Many of you will think of customers and visualize those outside the organization purchasing our products and services. However, what if you don't deal directly with external customers? Well, one of the most important concepts for you to integrate in your efforts is internal customers. Popularized back in the 1950s by Romanian-born management consultant Dr. Joseph Duran, it still has great application today. The Ellsmarco Forum describes it this way, quote, A simple definition of an internal customer is anyone within an organization who at any time is dependent on anyone else within the organization, unquote. It will assist you to develop categories, listing all of the internal customers you serve and their individual requirements and needs. In addition, make a list of those departments and individuals within your organization who are serving you, the places where you are the internal customer. Now, this is important because it means if your boss fails to get you the information or training you need to do your job, then he or she has failed you, their internal customer. Therefore, internal customers consist of everyone, up and down within the organization, who would be impacted if you failed to do your job. And just as with external customers, internal customers seek, desire, and deserve an ultimate customer experience. As we discuss UCEs, most examples will revolve around external customers. However, if your role is exclusively serving internal ones, the steps to creating the ultimate customer experience are practically identical. There are five simple steps to creating an ultimate customer experience. Step one, make a great impression. Step two, 
Don't make it right. Get it right. Step three, serve with empathy. Step four, connect with emotion. Step five, take personal responsibility. However, one of the most interesting aspects about creating an ultimate customer experience is found in the fact that to do so, it doesn't begin with the experience at all. The uh, introduction of the book, The Ultimate Customer Experience, uh, the audiobook uh, will be available soon. If you'd like more information on that, just contact us uh, at scottmccain.com. The email address is contact at scottmccain.com. We have just a few minutes left in today's program. If you'd like to call in, the uh, call-in number is area code 347 855 Just a few minutes left, but if you'd like to call and try asking a question or making a comment about what you've heard, uh, we only have about uh, three, four minutes remaining in the show, but it's 347-855-8312, 347-855-8312 for a call-in. Got to tell you, went to dinner last night. Tammy, my wife, is on the road. She is visiting family in Dallas. And so by myself, I go into a restaurant, and I sit down at the bar, and the uh, waiter comes up says, what do you need? <laughs> well, you know, a menu might be a good idea to start, right? So he gives me a menu, and then uh, he comes back and says, have it a drink, and I order a glass of wine. 30 seconds later, a waitress walks up. Can I help you? Uh, not, would you like something to drink? Well, I've already ordered in other words, they paid no attention to one another in terms of how the customer was being served. So then, uh, you know, they bring the glass of wine. Now the waitress comes back and asks for my meal order. I order a salad and order the meal. From the kitchen, from the back, somebody brings the salad out. They put it in front of me, and I have absolutely nothing to eat the salad with other than my fingers. So I request, my wife used to be a server, and I know they're called roll-ups. You know, it's where they take the napkin and roll the silverware up into the Napkin, so I request eating utensils, silverware, a roll-up. The guy brings one back to me, but then another waiter spots that I don't have it and what I've requested, and he brings me a set of silverware as well. Now, what I found really interesting is neither one paid any attention to each other. Just like the waiter and waitress behind the bar, both of the people bringing me silverware not only did not pay any attention to each other, the second guy that comes up gives me a second set of silverware even though if he was paying attention, he could clearly see I had one to begin with. They bring my steak out. It's not prepared properly. You know, it's, it's one of those things that you just sit back and wonder. The, the restaurant would probably say that the product of the restaurant is the meal, correct? I mean, it's the steak. It's the salad. It's the food. It's the drink. I'm going to suggest something different, and that is that the product of the restaurant is the experience. And when you have team members not paying attention to one another – in terms of how the customer is being served, then you create a less than stellar experience. One of the things I think that we all need to do is to communicate within our organizations that we have to pay attention to one another internally so that we can serve the customer better externally. We're a team, and, and any organization has to function as a team to be more effective in serving what the customer needs. Now, the end of the story is kind of a good one because both the waiter and the waitress came up, engaged in conversation. You know, I'm sitting alone at the bar having dinner, and they ask, you know, could they turn the television to another channel? Was there something I'd be more interested in watching? We had a great conversation. And so the point is that you can save, you can recover once you start showing an interest in the customer. But as long as you're not communicating as a team, as long as you're only focusing internally, now you're going to have significant challenges. And so part of what you have to do 
to create an ultimate customer experience is not only focus outside, but focus inside. What can we do together as a team to be more productive, more effective, better in serving the customers because, in fact, they are the lifeblood of our business? This is Scott McCain. I'm going to be on uh, here on Blog Talk Radio more often in the future, and I, I hope that you'll be listening. I hope you'll share this podcast uh, with friends and forward it so that they can hear the opening introduction of the upcoming book, The Ultimate Customer Experience. My with you today, and I look forward to talking with you again soon here on Blog Talk Radio. Please be watching for future times that we'll be on the air, and I look forward to engaging in more conversation with you about the ultimate customer experience. In the meantime, check out my website at scottmccain.com or my blog at mccainviewpoint.com. I look forward to engaging in conversation and look forward to sharing more about the ultimate customer experience. Thanks for listening today, and I look forward to seeing you again soon.